0: Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're going to take a look at Revelation chapter 11 this evening, uh, verse 15 through to 19. So before we look at it, let's just read it together. So, Revelations chapter 11, starting to read at verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has come, the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign for ever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your saints, and those who reverence your name, both small and great, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. Well, before we look at that passage, let's just pray together. Our Father, we thank you again that we have the opportunity to gather before you and gather around your word. And as we look at it again, we seek your guidance as by the power of your Holy Spirit. You help us to understand these things and even the things we don't understand that we might continue to trust and believe in you. And Our Father, we do this in the power and the name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this passage now in Revelation, Revelation chapter 11, 15 and 19. And when we come to the book of Revelation, we constantly need to be reminding ourselves that while John sees his visions chronologically, that is, he sees them one after the other, the order of the events that he sees do not happen in the order that he sees them. So as we read the book of Revelation, we find that we revisit these events and view the same event again. But when we do, we see it from a different perspective. Now, you'll also notice the repeated patterns that we have in Revelation. One of them is the pattern of seven. And we see the importance of the parentheses that are inserted between certain events that give us more information that will help us understand what is happening, what has happened, and what will happen. And just as importantly, to be able to understand something of why these things must happen. Now, as the Lord speaks to John in a series of visions, he will show John at times something extra. And these Extra things will provide information that will help him and us in understanding what is the bigger picture. For example, we've looked at Revelation chapter 7 and verse 1 to 17 of that chapter. We have here a parenthesis between the 6th and the 7th seal that starts with the words, After this I saw. Here, in this parenthesis John is given an insight into the events that will take place at the end of world history as he sees those who have come out of the great tribulation praising God. Now interestingly enough this is the only time the phrase the great tribulation is mentioned in the whole of the Bible. Book. Come with me this evening back to Revelation chapter 8 as we consider this. Revelation 8 verse 1 to 5, we saw the seventh seal being opened. In the same chapter from verse 5 to 13, we have an introduction to the first four trumpets. And then down in chapter 9 verse 1 to 21, we see our introduction to the fifth and the sixth trumpets. And in Revelation 10 verse 1 right through to 11 chapter 11 verse 19 we see a parenthesis between the 6th and the 7th trumpet with the word spoken by John then I saw. Now this was where John was given what we might call the confirmation to him of taking on the role of a prophet and in this passage we see something of john's commission his commission is to help us understand what will happen and also to help him to understand what will happen between the resurrection of jesus and the final day of judgment now tonight in a few moments we will move forward in time to where we will have another insight into the final day of judgment this Chapter 11, verse 15 to 19 that we've just read. And then as we move on in Revelation into chapter 12, we will go back in time and see the build-up of the need for God's judgment. Now, before we do that, I want us to spend a few moments and think about some things that we know about the kingdom of God. You see... This will help us see these verses that we read this evening more clearly as we remind ourselves of who God is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the triune creator of the universe. Now in these few moments I want us to go to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now come with me straight into the New Testament from that verse and go to John's Gospel. The Apostle John in his Gospel refers to the same period of time, and he does it with the same introductory words, John 1 verse 1 and 2. In the beginning. And then he goes on and says. Was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now here's the thought. Everything that we read in our Bibles. Between these two statements. Is relevant to us being able to understand. The truth and significance. Of who Jesus is. And to understand why John says in his gospel, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, we could put the words of Genesis 1 verse 1 and 2 and John chapter 1 together, but without knowing what happened between those two passages would not make any sense to us today. So, let's just consider what we know, that will help us understand God's plan, something that we know and glean from what we read between Genesis and then what John says. We know that Adam, Oh, well, first of all, we know that God created the world. We know that Adam was to be the custodian of the world, the world that God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit had created. And we know that Adam failed and that sin came into the world and that every man since Adam, because of sin, has failed, including even great men like Abraham, Moses, David. You see, this is all evidence that no man is worthy. We read about Jesus, the promised Messiah. We read that he is the King of Kings. He is the only one who is worthy of the position of ruler over the world, and we've seen that he's the only one on earth and in heaven who could open the scroll of the Lamb, the only one who was worthy, and we see that in Revelation chapter 5. So. The kingdom, the kingdom that we're looking at specifically in the book of Revelation is the same kingdom we read about in the Old Testament In the New Testament. It's the kingdom of God and Jesus is the king. So let's go to the Old Testament and read a little bit about what life was like under the Old Covenant. So we read from Psalm 10 verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. So this is telling us that the Lord is is king. There's a definition here. The Lord is king and his kingdom is ever and ever. Forever and ever. It is both sides of our time. Before and after. Forever before, ever after. We stay in the Psalms, Psalm 29 verse 10. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. So in this we have the confirmation that he is, he is enthroned as king forever. Let's go to the New Testament. Consider things under the New Covenant. He is king. King before and after his coronation. He was born in Bethlehem as king. He is the one who the wise men came to worship. To worship as, not a prince, but as king. And there will come a time when everyone, shall bow to him and see him and know him as king. Romans 14, verse 11. As you know, that's in the New Testament, but Paul here quotes from the Old Testament, tying the two together. He quotes from Isaiah 45, verse 23, and he says, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, Every tongue will acknowledge God. This is still to come to fruition. Well, for us this evening, let let us see that Jesus is not just king over man, but he's king over creation. Romans 8, verse 19 to 22, this is what Paul said for the creation waits in eager expectations for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. That's what Paul said in his life. And you know, it's still true today. This is happening now. Now let's go to our passage for this evening with these few thoughts in mind. So the passage that we read... Revelation eleven fifteen through to 19, the seventh trumpet. And what, what I want us to do here is to notice the language. Listen to verse 15. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever. The sound of the seventh trumpet is the heavenly announcement that the kingdom of the world has become the everlasting kingdom of Jesus. Now, we know that it's always been the everlasting kingdom of Jesus because he is king, the everlasting king. But here, it's telling us that the citizens of this kingdom on earth are now in his heavenly kingdom. They are one kingdom, but now together. So we come to verse 16 of our passage. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God. This is worship given to the Father and the Son by the 24 elders who we've seen were representatives of the faithful from the Old and from the New Covenant. But listen to verse 17 saying we give thanks to you lord god almighty the one who is the one who was because you have taken your great power and have begun your reign firstly notice who they are praising who is being praised the one who is and the one who was notice that it's not the one who is to come. what seems to be missing here it was previously in Revelation 1 verse 4 John to the seven churches in the province of Asia grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne let's go to Revelation 1 verse 8 I am the Alpha and Omega says the Lord who is and who was and who is to come The Almighty. Revelation 4, verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all round, even under its wings, day and night. They never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Well, here in Revelation 11, verse 15 to 19, we seem to have a picture of the final judgment. And we have this phrase, the one who is and who was. Don't you find it interesting that the phrase who is to come is not here? That's because the one who is to come is here with his people. So let's go to verse 18. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Notice the words again here. Past tense. The nations were angry. Or present tense here. Wrath has come the time has come judgment is here not just judgment but in these verses reward has come let's just stop for a moment because here is the thought to encourage us this evening our place in heaven is a gift of god's grace it's gained by the power of the sacrifice made by his son jesus It's a gift given to those sinners who call upon his name for forgiveness. But notice that heaven is also a reward for the faithfulness, for our faithfulness to him. Listen to those words again. The nations were angry. Your wrath has come. the time has come. For judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small. And for destroying those who destroy the earth. Verse 19. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumbles, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. Okay, what do we have here? We have here, in Revelation, an allusion to the battle of Jericho. We've already seen that. We've already had allusions to the the, the plagues that were brought uh, against Egypt. To help us understand these things that are happening and are about to happen, we have here in Revelation, in this passage, an allusion to the battle of Jericho. Remember the presence of the ark for those people in their day was confirmation that the Lord was with them. And when on the seventh day, as they marched round the city seven times, and the seven priests sounded the seven trumpets, that's when God gave them the victory victory and his chosen people entered into the promised land. We can read all about that in Joshua, Joshua Joshua, chapter 6. But just as the ark then, the ark's presence with his people at Jericho was a reassurance to them of God's protection. So here in Revelation, the appearance of the ark would have the same result for his people at the end of the world history the ark that was placed in the tabernacle was a representation of god's heavenly throne room here the voice of revelation 11 verse 15 comes from god's actual throne room in heaven the very thing that the ark represents And just as the presence of the ark and the sound of the trumpet in Joshua spoke of God's deliverance, and salvation, justice and judgment, here in Revelation the sound of the trumpet and the allusion to the ark speaks to the church of his deliverance, salvation, justice and judgment as they, as victors, enter heaven itself. This is the culmination of God's plan for his people, for his church which is still to happen. Let's just share a verse from Ephesians 1, verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. This is God's plan coming into fruition on the final day of judgment. It hasn't happened yet. But John, in his vision, is given an insight into how it will happen and confirmation that it will happen. Now, we're going to be told more about the final day of judgment later in the book of Revelation. But before we look at chapter 12, we need to go back to what we might call the opening brackets of the parenthesis that we spoke of. Revelation 10, verse 1 through to 11. Revelation 11 verse 19, it's a parenthesis that comes between the end of chapter 9 and the beginning of chapter 12. So let's just go back to chapter 9 and remind ourselves of how that chapter ended. So chapter 9 verse 20 to 21. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the works of their hands. They didn't stop worshipping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders, their magical acts, their magic arts, their sexual immorality or their thefts. And chapter 12 begins with, A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed the sun with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Chapter 12 is the start of a new series of visions which all relate to the visions we've already seen. As this chapter continues to give us more information about what has been happening and what is still happening on earth. John is going to see signs. Signs, they are events whose presence or occurrence indicate the probable presence of the occurrence of something else. So, what I'd like us to do between now and next week is to just think about what we've, looked at already maybe read back through those chapters but more importantly to read on in Revelation 12 and as you do think of what these signs might mean and we'll have a look at that next week let's just pray father we thank you for your continued guidance and we pray that we will just see more of you and appreciate more of who you are as we look at this book of Revelation Father, we ask that through it you might encourage your people and maybe for those who don't know you that they might be convicted and convinced of their sin so that they too might repent and avoid the wrath which is to come to those who refuse to accept your gift of Jesus. And we ask these things in his precious name. Amen.